You are uniquely qualified to help those one chapter behind you. No book can teach anyone what you know about the chapter you just lived. Hey everyone, Michael Conrad here with the Business of Homes podcast. I'm excited to introduce Greg Pease today, who many of you know is a high energy guy who's done some really great stuff in the coaching side of real estate. It'll be no surprise that we jumped right in to a discussion about branding and the difference between your personal brand and your business brand. And this is a particular subject that's important to me because my brand, who my business is and who I am in it has changed over time. So come along with us and I hope you enjoy. Sure, you wear a realtor name badge on your chest, but you are a practitioner of business and a philosopher of business and a teacher of business and a lot of things that really kind of falls between real estate and many other areas. Definitely gets in that uh, prolific zone, I think, a little bit. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think it was very smart of you to separate yourself from the business. We just don't know what we don't know. We yeah. don't even, okay. So we launch a business and we think us because we're going to put our name on it. I, I literally hear people say like, I, I want to, you know, I'm putting my name on it. It's going to be good to go. Um, and much like you said, the business should be, to say bigger than us is, okay, yes, the business is bigger than us. Yes, okay. But also we're bigger than the business. Hmm. Also we're bigger than the business. Um, and, then, and then the realization is that there is a personal brand and a business brand and they're two different things. So the personal brand, your personal brand is who you are. Your business brand is what you do. Hmm. People connect with who you are and they pay you for what you do. So you guys created a business brand and in your business brand, you took whatever you learned along the way from business mentors, classes, you built a, 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 a business plan, you figured out who you were going to serve, you figured out what problem, um, what pain points were there, you figured out how you were going to help them uniquely in your own proprietary blend. Um, there's, there's all different company realtors out there, whatever field you're in, there's a whole bunch of people in that field. Your business brand is how you created your unique proprietary blend, identifying who you work with, what problem you solve, and then the unique process that you take them through so that everyone that goes through this process has to come out on the other side with the result, which is your service. So that's your business brand. And then most people, we get them, we get them confused. So we think like, I'm a realtor. No, you do real estate. Um, you know, I, I, I sell homes. You, you, that, that's what you do. Not, not who you are, um, and then who we are. But what I, the first thing I think is important is to identify our core values. Those are kind of like buzzwords for people, like, oh, your core values. Yeah, what are your core values, man? Yeah, right. Okay, let's pause for a second. Let's get off the buzzwords. Let's, let's go from core value to value. Value is what's important to you. So um, if... if we look at, we, we look at, and it's like, probably we shouldn't talk about this. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Um, we went through a time recently in, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a whole world, as a society in which we went through some things. Some people valued freedom over safety. Some people valued safety over freedom. Okay, I don't care whichever side you're on. Whoever valued safety over freedom was ready to fight for that side. Whoever vowed freedom over safety was ready to fight for the other side. We love each other, though. 
there was an opportunity for us to realize that we had a difference in core values. It put it on display. And I think that's, I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, the, the the buzzword that I always heard was MVVC mission, vision, values, culture. Do you have a way to explain those things to others? And really quite frankly, if you've been in business for more than a minute, can others explain your mission, vision, value, oh. and your culture to somebody else? Very is simplistically. It, is it bleeding out of you in such a way where it's visible to others? And so a lot of times we treat this like a private reality. You know, yes, e- yes. Either we don't develop it at all, right. or we sort of have a vague sort of squint your eyes sense of it. Yeah. Few of us, myself included, few of us write it down on a piece of paper or put it on a wall so we can look at it. But these motivators are real and they cause different kinds of action. They cause, they build different kinds of business. And that was put on display over the last handful of years when those values got elevated to the surface. Got, got, got challenged. And, and the realization for everyone, the values, when, the, when those values got put on display, we saw people act in ways that literally... Some people, I'm sure, plenty of people, there's relationships that are probably still strained, but there's relationships that have made amends now. Okay, we saw people act a certain way. We didn't think they would act. Your values, your values, you don't get to override. Your values are controlling the essence of who you are. That's your friend. When everything was all done, that's your friend again. But while I was going down, my values, and it's happening at an unconscious level. So until we take the opportunity to write it down, explore ourselves. So we know business. So what you just said, which by the way, I never heard it like it. I'm literally going to borrow that mission, mission, vision, value, culture, MVVC, MVVC. Love it. Love it. Beautiful formula. Um, so that same formula, that's how you'll figure out what's going on for the business. Same for what's going on for you. Yeah. And for our listeners here who might be new in business or maybe trying to get off the ground, Having to write down a mission statement feels like having to write a research paper because it feels so such a big mountain to climb. And the advice that was given to me is it's got to be one sentence and it's got to be like less than 15 words. And if you can't boil your mission, kind of the why you're in business, I mean, that's like the most core gold nugget inside of you of like why you bothered to work for yourself rather than somebody else. If you can't boil it down to one sentence and 15 words or less, plus or minus a couple words, then <laughs> your mission is overly complicated. Too complicated. And I am here like an AA meeting to say, my name is Michael Conrad, and I overcomplicate the mission on a regular <laughs> basis. Like, I am good at it. <laughs> and I am great at overcomplicating yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my staff around me and you know those that I'm watching and following, either in, in overt ways or in subtle ways, are encouraging me to continue to simplify my mission, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which of course stems out of your values. And so the values lead to the mission. And then of course, your vision is how you let the mission expand out of you and into others that might work alongside of you, like be like a colleague or maybe an employee or partner. And then culture, of course, is that shared feeling that we all have mostly spoken about by others. You don't really get to say what your culture is. You can, you can write it down, but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure everyone Mm -hmm. believes in it. Culture, of course, is going to be born out of what people say, which leads us back to what we keep talking about today, and that's branding. Brand is not your marketing. People are like, oh, I'm doing branding. No, you're doing marketing. Marketing is what you are trying to tell the world you are. Bingo. 
and it's now in reverse. You've done the marketing. Now people are going to be reflecting it back to you. What they're doing is they're branding you. Remember where we got the word branding? From the old West days when we had the hot iron and we were branding a cow, right? It's an action that someone else is doing to you. They place a brand on you. And so branding, in a lot of ways, isn't a direct action that you do. It is an indirect action. It's like the force, man. It's like very zen. You, got, you can only influence your brand. You can't actually do anything to change it. All you can do is change your values, adjust your mission, and then have that message be coming through in your marketing. And then with any luck, if you actually do what you say you're going to do, then it becomes branding when someone else says it's about you. Well, let, let me suggest to everyone out there, and, and you know, people will digest the way, way they want, um, personal brands separate from business brands. So I'm, I'm going to suggest your business brand is an entity that you get to bring to life from ground zero. Mm. So your business has values. And based on your business's values, you'll make decisions. You will, it, it already exists. Maybe you identify or not, you make decisions. And then based on those decisions, you'll get feedback about the experience your client had or the brand. Um, and then if you're like, hey, I want a different brand, I want a different culture, I want my clients to have a different experience. Your business is an entity all of its own. So, so I I'm going to suggest, I'm going to suggest, don't realign your values for whatever you want your business to produce. Ooh. So that's, that's where you get to keep the essence of personal brand. Think about every business we ever launch in life, and I'm going to suggest for entrepreneurs, every business. Now, most of us, if we, if we are involved in the delivery of our product or service, you're self-employed and you own a job, good. You got out of the employee place, um, but you're not a business owner yet. You're a business owner when you can step away from the business, come back a month later, and more money's in the account. So when we think about a business, we want to be able to separate ourselves. Every business we'll ever launch, I'm going to suggest we should start with the end in mind. Is it to sell or is it to pass down in the family? We sure didn't launch it to flop. Yeah, this concept of legacy is really interesting. And taking us full circle, legacy and the orientation towards legacy becomes this funny sort of focal point. And it's why people put their names on things, right? Like people attach their names famously to all sorts of businesses from attorneys on downward because they want their personal legacy to survive them. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that a business that provides excellent information to the community, serves the community, and provides a way for others to meet their goals and maybe a way for your next generation that survives you to sort of have something more than you did. That's the legacy, way more than the name in a lot of ways to me. Well, and I think, I think a lot of it came from, and then, which I, I believe we're seeing a lot of evolution right now, once upon a time, like we, we, we don't know, we don't know, you know, we, we evolved as a species. Once upon a time, I don't know if we actually thought that like the talent was like genealogical, but we, we understood that if you have a business, it could pass down to the family. You don't get rid of the family business. Right. So of course you put the name on it because it's going to be the family's forever. Um, we now know like businesses don't live forever. <laughs> yeah. And kids don't always want to fall in line. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so you want to, you want to separate, allow yourself to have your values. Um, Greg is this person and then he does this or he, and you want, you want people to think of you if you're in real estate and it all, it, it really depends what you want. Right. But if you're ready to scale and take this to a business level, you got to figure out, okay, what your systems are and implement other people. You want people to think like, I want people to think of me like, um, Greg is X and he owns a real estate team. Right. So, that's a secondary piece of the identity. And, and, but think of it as like, and I, you want them to think, I'm going to suggest, I'm projecting, you want them, you want your people to think of you as someone that owns a business, not does a thing. Mm. 
You are a person and you own a business with the exception of, with the exception of, I'm going to give one small exception. If you're self-employed and your goal is to stay self-employed, self-employed, i.e., if you're a real estate agent and you go out and you, if you get your leads and, and follow up with them and take them through the, even if you have a transaction coordinator, which is a start, but even if you have a transaction coordinator, you're the one that has to deliver all of it. So you do the business. You are the practitioner inside of your business. If you want to stay there, which you can because maybe you're like, hey, I'm just going to get as much money as I can for the next 20 years and invest it in real estate. I don't know. But the realization is we, we can't retire from a job. So self-employed means you own a job. You don't own a business. Yeah. If you're happy being self-employed, like you're a realtor, you're delivering the product, you make so much money, you're serving enough clients, you're working in the right clientele. In that situation, if you know you don't want to scale out of self-employed to business owner, your personal brand can then be your business brand because you are the business in that situation. Okay, so alert, uh, hard truth number 37, <laughs> things they don't teach you in real estate school. And that is that developing yourself as a real estate practitioner means that you work for a job effectively. Yep. And that there's a big difference between having that team, something that survives you, something that works on behalf of you, and this whole concept of like entrepreneurism and business building and brand building and all of this, again, you're not taught that in, 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 in real estate school. You know, this is something you have to learn either the hard way or you have to become self-educated through yeah, yeah. podcasts like this or reading or following, you know, folks in this community. And I would think that this is probably one of the biggest conversations that today's realtor, I don't care how long you've been in it, yeah, 20 years, yeah. two years, Today's realtor needs to know why, because we're in a saturated market and we have all of these digital tools available to us. And so more people are aware of the job that you do. And so more people might jump in based on perception. Yep. And so separating yourself from the job and building a business becomes an essential question that needs to be asked. I'm not saying everyone has to do it. I think you're right. Some people are good with staying as a practitioner. Classically, the doctor that works for the hospital, practitioner, mm -hmm, versus mm -hmm. the doctor that owns a practice. It's a business. Boom. And so we aren't really real estate practitioners unless we're doing all the work. And really, to your earlier point, this idea that it's an overlay. You work in real estate. That's not who you are. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be someone who's customer service oriented, who is staying educated on market dynamics. There's all these things that you have to embody. And the real estate piece is just a piece. Hey, everyone. It's Jake, director for the Business of Homes podcast. I hope you've been enjoying today's episode, beginning with Greg explaining the difference between a business and personal brand, how important it is to refine your vision, and how your business is a secondary piece of your identity. When we return, Michael and Greg talk about the value of knowing what you're heading towards, how to mix your business and personal brand, and so much more. You don't want to miss it. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Business of Homes Pod, where you can interact with us and see some great bite-sized pieces from all our episodes. For you listeners out there, did you know our entire podcast are filmed and are on our YouTube channel? Check it out next time you want to see our amazing guests tell their stories. And are you currently watching this episode in video format? Don't forget to follow us on your preferred audio streaming service to take us with you on the go. 
Lastly, do you have any feedback or want to suggest someone for the show? Email us at thebusinessofhomespodcast at gmail.com. Please enjoy the rest of today's episode with Greg Pease. Let's get back to it. And I would say that coming into the real estate market, you have to be able to know at least a little bit of where you're going. You're allowed to change your mind along the way. I've met a number of people, myself included, that kind of had a general sense of where I wanted to go and then change course along the way. And so, but knowing what you're going towards, mm. I think is an important piece of mm. this. And, and then laying the groundwork in that plan, you know, becomes an essential piece of this. Like you, you have to be willing to put some sacrifice in, put some time in. Period. And this, and again, circling back around to branding because it's so, so important. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and, and this idea that, can I build something that is bigger than me? Do I even have the ability to build a team? Do I have anything unique about the idea, about myself? What is it that I am branded as currently? Mm-hmm. And can I parlay that into a team? Or do I need to kind of reshape my business identity into something else? And, and, and here's another thing. So, so you talked about like, let's say you started with one theme or thing and it got a little bit of traction. Now you're gonna launch a team and you're like, but... Everyone knows me for cheese sticks and that's, that's hot dogs. Abruptly switch over. You'll probably find out people aren't looking as much as you thought they were and don't even realize. But if they do, make a post every day. If you're really lazy, just do it once a day. And in 30 days, no one, everyone will have forgot that you used to do cheese sticks. All they know is you do hot dogs. Yeah, the, the news cycle is, is rather forgiving in fairness. Yeah. They're going to forget you had done hot dogs. And by the way, if someone says, I thought you used to do hot dogs. I did. You do cheese sticks now? I do. Why'd you change? Did you stay the same? <laughs> we all change. Yeah, we all change. It's time. Okay, so let's dig into that. Because when you start to wrap your mind around a business plan or your values, and you start to put that marketing and that messaging out, and gosh, you're actually getting a good reflection. That branding that you're, is being applied to you is exactly what you want it to be. But mm. then you've got to make the change. What do we do with that difference, that resistance where like, man, I put all this effort into building this brand for myself and now I want to take it a whole new direction for my business. This, again, the separation between personal and business. How do we deal with those mismatches sometimes? Beautiful. I love it. When you take the journey of learning the personal brand, the personal brand stays with you forever, 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 and ever. Your top three core values are likely to never, ever, ever change in your life. Change in business brand, you can change it any way you want. You can own 10 businesses because people know your personal brand when you finally launch. So the business can evolve and change and should continuously. How quickly? Eh. Sometimes quickly, sometimes stays a while for a while and collects feedback, or maybe it's winning hard. The brand is allowed to change. The, the, the company brand is allowed to change exactly the way it needs to for the, for, the, um, for, the, for the prospect, for your clients. You're always looking to, let's just cut it real cut and dry. Ecology is the study of consequence. And what I tell people, the study of consequence checks self to self, self to others, then self to society. Ecology is, when I do this, does it benefit me? If I make more money, the answer is yes. But I said self to self, self to other. So after self to self, did I increase their experience? Yes. Good. Now, does their increased experience and my increased income benefit society? Well, I uh, do this through, through nonprofits. That person, now they have a house, so they don't have to. Yes, ecology is all there. 
The byproduct of that, if you operate with ecology, is your clients continue to get a greater and greater experience. If I was to ask you, if I was to say, if I was to say to you, we're going to have an experience together, I would like to try to make it an experience so amazing that it's the pinnacle of experiences in your life. There's no reason for you to say no to that. Yeah, this, this concept of experience also continues to rise to the surface that we as service people, we sort of all generally fall into a service category. We're not building widgets in some factory. As service people, we can get tricked that our brand is the doing. It is the mm-hmm. service itself. And something that I've been working on a lot as an entrepreneur over 10 years, and my piece of encouragement to the world out there is turn your business brand into an experience-oriented business rather than a service. You can be replaced by a robot or chat GPT. And if that is even remotely possible, and we've seen a lot of disruption in the tech side of real estate over the last 20 years, then you're not providing that experience that's irreplaceable. There's only one Michael in the world. There's only one Greg in the world. And yes, we might both fall into commonly practiced sort of categories in real estate, but nobody's like us. And so make the experience, make the brand about the experience so that there's a better, stickier adoption with your consumer base. I love it. I want to give you one more thing. So think about your most vulnerable moment in life, whatever that chapter, not like a single moment. So we're not just like, like if there was, um, everyone's free and clear, but like if something a tragic event or something. We're looking for like a chapter in life, something that was six months, a year, two, three years, four years, five years, 10 years, okay? That most vulnerable chapter in life, who were you then? So in my most vulnerable chapter, I mean, there's two, but my most vulnerable chapter, I was a child. I, I'm, I've survived horrific child abuse. We won't go down that, that rabbit hole today, but okay. So who were you? When, not, not just like I was a child, like maybe you were like all the things about you, okay? I was, I was a struggling entrepreneur. I was a single mother, okay? Who were you in the most volume? And then what was the process like? What helped you get through that process? Um, I think I'm Ed Milet said, you are uniquely qualified to help those one chapter behind you. No mm. book can teach anyone what you know about the chapter you just lived. And I say just, I mean anywhere behind you. Now, if you're still going through it, the worst chapter, pause, you need guidance. You're not out, you're not ready to start leading other people yet. Continue the journey, enjoy the journey. So I have childhood trauma, like crazy, intense, wild, blow your mind childhood trauma. I struggle with that for just like a little bit over a quarter of a century. So just a quick little boop here. All right. And I finally, I took a a, a self-development journey, which led through several different modalities. But there's a few modalities that just like, whoa, like change things for me. So those modalities are what helped me through. And today I'm a business professional. So it's almost like I have a personal brand in which I help business professionals heal childhood trauma. I'm a real estate agent. So you have to figure out who do you work with and what problem do you solve? So let's just say real quick, I work with first time buyers and I help them buy their first home with zero down. Let's just roll with that friggin' old faithful there. So that's what I do. So now I can, if I wanted to mix the two, I can say I help first-time home buyers that are struggling with childhood trauma or past trauma 
that's playing out in their life today in a way that holds them back from doing things like purchasing a home. Now we've blended the two together. You don't have to blend the two together. You could completely and totally be separated because every time you launch a new business, you're still this person that serves people in this way. People get sent to you. You funnel them to whatever business allows them to have the experience that creates the change they desire. Yeah. And you're not having to help everyone and you're not having to have all the answers. Bingo. This idea that you're one chapter ahead of someone and that someone else is one chapter ahead of you. Those of us in the entrepreneurial world, in the business world, we're constantly looking to books, to podcasts, to YouTube channels to help us make sense of what is immediately in front of us. Someone shine that flashlight on my mm-hmm, pathway mm-hmm. just a couple more feet in front. And you now also have that same responsibility to shine it behind you. And so a lot of what this podcast is about is about peeling back the curtain, digging into the philosophy, the business of homes so that we can shine that light a little bit behind us and say, yeah, I've been in 10 years in business, but I've had some really hard goes at it. And I'm here to sort of make sense of it in real time, but also inspire those that are in the middle of it as well. Yep. And so we've sort of touched on so many amazing things. We could probably talk about branding, which is such an important part of business all day long. I'm really appreciative, Greg, because I feel like you bring such an incredible focused conversation around the cores that is really the skeleton of every real estate agent's day-to-day, which of course is your business and your practice, but it is of course the experience. And so I'm really grateful for your time. We will have to have you back and go deep in the weeds on all the other stuff you're doing. But today, I'm just glad that we got a chance to lay some of this down so that others can learn too. Super awesome. It was, it was great being on this podcast. I love everything you share and what you're about. And just like you said, for, for those of you watching, um, for those of you that are one chapter behind, use this, figure out what light you can have shined on, um, sit with yourself, create a small action plan, and uh, launch now. The clock's going to tick anyway. The future's going to arrive, and we're going to be somewhere. That's right. And I'm Michael Conrad. Thanks for being with us, and we'll catch you next time. Hey everyone, Jake again, director for the Business of Homes podcast. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. A huge thank you to Greg Pease for being a part of the podcast. Go follow him on Instagram at Greg Pease, and that's P-I-H-S, and let him know how much you enjoyed his story. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred listening platform, and make sure to follow us on Instagram as well at the Business of Homes pod. Do you have any feedback or want to suggest someone for the show? email us at thebusinessofhomespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you soon.